Welcome to Left on Red. This is Bethany. Um, I am joined today by Dan Kay, Dan. <laughs> the perennial co-host. And um, we are joined by our lovely friend, the infamous Megan Omega. Um, and we are here to talk about some uh, pop cultural stuff and uh, some electoral stuff, which boo about that. <laughs> Um, so do you guys want to talk about the electoral stuff first or you want to talk about the pop culture stuff we want to get first the, of all i don't hi, know megan. what's the philosophy oh yes hi megan <laughs> hey what's up guys doing all How's right how are you i'm good i'm trying to get over this cold i think i'm on the up and up though nice it's good to hear I'm anything sorry new said. anything new with you dan with me, um, I had a disagreement with my my coworker that boiled down to uh, collective agreements versus bootstrap individualism. And, this is uh, a member of a union. This is a member of the union, and okay. it's the classic, you know, company guy argues with the the uh, hall guy, the union yeah. hall guy. It's been a story for many, many years. I just haven't uh, experienced it recently. So it was a nice afternoon. Yeah. yeah. Um, I How about you, Bethany? My, well, I got my lovely five-year-old uh, her first shot of the vaccine today. Um, nice. For COVID. So it was very um, exciting. And I feel like it's, I like texted all of the like, mom group chats that I've ever been involved in like oh Jeannie got her shot today it's very uh it was super easy like there was nobody there and and you know ask me about it or whatever and I just it's like it makes me want to die that that's like a thing that is like feels like I'm being I don't know. It just feels like I'm being weird when I put that towards the, and, and it's like, why is this weird? This is something that all kids should be getting. Like, did anyone respond to you? Um, a couple of people, but they were the people that I knew were going to say like, Oh, that's great. You know, our appointment is at this time or whatever. And so I'm yeah. like, it was all the, you know, it was the people that I knew were going to be supportive, but I don't know. I just, I'm feeling very dispirited because that is, that it's even a thing that people are like. It's, it's still good that you said that to normalize it. And even if people don't respond, I think that it like sticks in their head. It plants the seed of like, oh, like maybe this isn't that scary or that weird for me to get my kids vaccinated. Totally. And that's what I like, I have, that's what I've landed on of like, that it's just, I'm, I'm, I want to just be affirmative. And like, this is like, if anyone asks me like, oh, did you, did you feel weird about it? Were you worried about it? Then I can say like, you know, I hesitated for perhaps a second, but like, no, this is the right thing to do. And the kid, like they've studied it. This is not brand new technology. Etc. and so on. Um, so yeah, I just, it's just like, I just feel like everything, I just, I want a break from everything being so fucking fraught all the time. Like every time you bring anything up. Um, 
And I just feel like we're, we're in that moment where like it was first the teachers and now the firefighters. And then now it's just like, we just keep moving from like subject to subject where it's the same, like, uh, we're moving from subject to subject. I don't know. Is that, am I using the wrong terminology of like the object would be the vaccine and then we're moving from each group mm, that's people. Interesting. Anyway, I just find it really freaking exhausting because it should not be so fraught after two years of a fucking pandemic, but well, it's it a, is. It's a culture war issue. Right. Now it's just culture war. So it's like now, now it doesn't matter what the like the facts are, what the studies are. It's people are now digging their heels in because that's what they believe. Um, oh yeah. So doesn't matter what science says or what any research has shown. You know, my coworker. As soon as I said that you you had gone to get your uh, daughter a uh, vaccine, he's anti-vax. I think we might have mentioned this. Um, he's anti-vax. <laughs> or not? He's not vehemently anti-vax he's just still vaccine hesitant after nearly a year of the vaccine being available 150 million doses so he was like oh my god really and i was like yeah it's you know but i immediately went like it's it's a third of a dose like a child's dose is a third of a dose boost shot is a half dose like that's how science works bud yeah he's like oh and and was it which one was I was like pretty sure it was Pfizer, your favorite company. <laughs> He's always had like a, a weird yeah, thing always. about the Pfizer vaccine. That's the one that he, he doesn't trust the most. Wow. wow. Like why? They make boner pills. Is so, that why? <laughs> so speaking of shots, I drew blood for the first time last night, and I'm trying to convince Dan to let me draw his blood to practice. What are you going to do with the blood once you draw it? Nothing. I just, I, I need to, my volunteering uh, uh, hours start next week and I'm going to be like drawing blood on patients. So I need some that extra like practice, practice beforehand. And hey, yeah, I, I let other people, we all let each other at the phlebotomy training last night. We were all just like drawing each other's bloods going from arm to arm. <laughs> Everyone was so scared at first, and then by the end of it, we were all just like, "I ran out of arms," <laughs> <laughs> and everybody was dizzy because they lost so much blood. <laughs> no, the we fucking only hospital took, like, turned into a half shooting a little gallery last night. Miles. But it's funny. I used to yeah. think that I was afraid of needles, but like after last night, I was just like, "Huh, I can watch it go in my arm, and it's really not that bad." Mm. Oh wow! Okay, what 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 was the like turning point? Was it literally last night that you recognized well, this? Well, it's not that I've like I've I've never been like one of those people who's like fainted or has like a huge phobia. It's just like oh, I don't want to look at the needle while it goes into my arm or whatever. But uh, like I don't know if you like watch it, it's like it doesn't actually hurt that much and. I don't know. And I was like, oh, but I don't know. I just feel like there's something in your head about it that a lot of people have, but it's really not that big of a deal. And if you expose yourself right. to something enough, then it's like, oh, you realize it's not a big deal and it's nothing to be scared about. Right. Because see, I still have a reaction whenever I get a shot or get blood drawn, like I can't watch the needle. And I do like I get um, 
like uh, I don't know. I have I have a like a visceral reaction, and I know that it's psychological. It's not physiological, but it's like I definitely like feel feel faint every time needles are involved. Um, I've never passed out, but like I and like seeing blood makes me kind of like. <sighs> Well, if you draw blood the correct way, you shouldn't really see a lot of blood because it's supposed to just, and the needle's really, really thin. So it's like, I don't know. I just tell myself it's just like acupuncture, you know? Right. (laughs) It's not just like it. It's a good one. It's it's very unlike some of the large diameter needles or or large gauge needles that are used in intramuscular uh, shots like the ones that Kumail Natanjali uses. Uh, uh, he yeah. administers his steroids. <laughs> Segue for the ages. Oh, which actually, I told Jeannie I would ask you this question, Megan, because she asked me why why she doesn't get shots in the butt when she gets shots in the arm. She actually told me I couldn't use the word butt to ask the question, but I couldn't figure out another way to uh to ask this question but um she was wondering there is a medical uh term for for that but I can't think of it on the spot right now okay (laughs) but I know that uh it's like why does she remember like getting shots in in her butt when she was a kid when she's littler well so her best friend is obsessed with butts to the point where this child showed me today on the playground that she had a uh, sidewalk chalk and she said it was her best friend who drew it. And she said, it's a butt. And it kind of did look like a butt. It was like, you know, two little, two little mounds next to each other. And um, so anyway, this kid who is obsessed with butts said that she got a shot in her butt. And Jeannie was wondering why she's never gotten a shot in her butt and she only gets a shot in her arm. So that was where this conversation (laughs) originated. And I don't know if the kid who's also five has gotten a shot in her butt, but. It is massively unfair. Yeah. Well, I think the preferred site for like infants and toddlers is the vastus lateralis or the thigh, the upper thigh. Mm -hmm. And I know that it's, more common for I, I I don't really remember exactly I don't I can I can't I'd have to look this up and get back to her yeah but uh <laughs> it's not like I think it's one of those things that used to be common but it's kind of been phased out right well this, I this got thing I'm saying says never give an IM injection into buttocks using the vastus lateralis muscle avoids the risk of sciatic nerve damage from gluteal injection yeah okay all right, so that makes sense. nerve damage is no joke, man. No, I had sciatica when I was pregnant, and that sucked. That's like <sighs> when the sciatic nerve gets pinched in your hip uh, socket, and it just fucking sucks. <laughs> Highly do oh, not no. recommend. It sounds awful. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad we're all caught up. Now, Bethany, you had oh. said um, that you wanted to, should we talk about the bad stuff or the bad stuff? Or you said, should we talk about the bad stuff first? And I don't know which thing you were talking about um, because it all <laughs> seems pretty terrible. <laughs> We've got the retconning of history. Done. I feel like there's like, I feel like there's fun bad stuff. 
and then they're like the the like pop culture stuff is like fun bad stuff whereas uh because we don't know these people and we're not impacted by their lives whereas the electoral stuff is like the not fun bad stuff because now we have a nightmare of a city councilwoman um and the fash is loose around town yeah it honestly so. makes me like happy that we moved away from there because I just like am so angry at every single person who voted for that woman it's I mean yeah I was like I was uh, bumming out because we moved to Brooklyn and I was like oh man I'm gonna miss these participatory economic meetings and these uh non-discretionary spending I forget what the other type of spending is that we were going to be we're like just pick a project bud pick a project make a plan yeah we're, we're gonna we're gonna we were know, gonna pick. get a Lenin statue on the boardwalk obviously we were gonna make that happen with particular it was gonna be budget. vladimir Ilyich lenin just punching john lenin right in the face <laughs> a lenin lenin statue a lenin on a lenin, lenin, v. lenin. <laughs> yeah lenin v lenin <laughs> the best kind of lenin statue yeah so we're not and they'll be standing on a lenin So yeah. I, I was yeah. really bummed that uh, I was like, oh man, I'm going to be further away. I felt worse. I felt, I felt bad. Uh, I missed one of the debates up in Bell Harbor. <laughs> debates. Curtis Solo was there. It was not a debate. Um, it was yet another railroad. Uh, yeah. And, and now I, I, like Megan said, I definitely am I'm glad I'm not going to be there for her reign. Yeah. Yeah. It's I'm like, worried about what the fuck is going to happen down there. I was just honestly, I have to say, like, I was shocked. Like, I thought that if uh, Joanne Ariola was going to win, that it would be a little bit closer. Like, I am yeah. just shocked by how great the discrepancy in the numbers was. It was like, what, 61 to 30 something? Or something um, yeah, like it was. It was yeah. generally 70, 30. Yeah. Yeah. So it's Most like, of the night. I think it went down to 64, 36 at one point and then went back to 70, 30. Yeah. I mean, I think and, what gets to me is like electoral shit sucks anyway, but like just realizing that like we, and especially in New York, this happens so frequently of like people, particularly liberals, are like, oh, we're in a safe blue state. The other, the weird stuff happens in the South. It happens in Alabama. It happens in Florida. It's like different from us. This is not, this is not us. We're here in New York and we're, you know, above that. And now it's like, you can't really deny it anymore, guys. It's here and some of you voted for it. So I just, I don't know. Yeah, like, I just, I just feel really like it's really upsetting to realize that like so many, and I guess we knew that like, it's, it's again, it's like, it's bumming me out. Cause it's like, I know this, I don't, it's not news to me. Like, yes, Rockaway went heavy for Trump. Like, uh, but it's still to have it waved in your face again, you know? It's like doesn't make it any especially, more less upsetting. Yeah, especially because so many of us 
put uh and our and our friends and comrades put so much time and hours into doing things for her campaign and knocking on doors and attending these events and it's like you know when you put everything into a campaign it like makes it that much harder when you feel like it was all for naught at the end and I know like it reminded me like of how I felt both times that uh Bernie lost and I was talking um to a comrade the other night about how they had like a similar feeling um in the UK uh when uh Jeremy Corbyn lost and just shitty shitty feeling right and it's like you're finally I mean like our you know a lot of our local comrades that are like not into electoral shit if it had been Mike Scala who won the primary they would have just been like whatever like who cares this is going to be a shitty candidate versus a shitty candidate whereas everybody that you know that I know who's like um has good politics was like hell yeah like we can get behind Felicia and that felt good to have you know that is what it felt like with Bernie is like oh okay good it's not just some like shitty dim we have to begrudgingly vote for or else our neighbors are gonna like liberal shame us where like it felt you know like and and just that I don't know I I get like this a lot when I think about like raising genie in this in our culture because I'm like literally everywhere we turn there is just evidence that like shitty behavior, being greedy, being selfish, being an asshole gets you rewarded. So how do I teach a five-year-old like, no, you shouldn't do those things because it's not the right thing to do. And you should have good like ethics and morals when she's, you, you can't miss that people with bad ethics, bad morals get rewarded constantly. Michael and Albert just, has a term for that. It's called garbage rises. okay I'm gonna check that out (laughs) but it's also yeah it's just like the concept exactly what you were saying but it also explains he also uses it to explain why uh certain uh anti-social traits and selfish behaviors are so prominent in our society and that's because we live in a society that rewards those traits and behaviors and he kind of asks us to do a thought experiment about like imagine if you were in a society that rewarded social behaviors and selfless behaviors and like community community behaviors like what kind of uh, traits do you think would be reproduced uh, more frequently in that sort of society but I think it's like no surprise that there are so many assholes in a a system that rewards assholes. Right. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, like individualism is the highest, you know, like even, you know, back to, sorry to just keep beating this dead horse, but like with vaccines, it's just like, it's not only is it like safer for me, like it's, it's, it, it can be a selfish choice as well, but like just you, it's a social behavior to get a vaccine for, 
a communicable disease. So like the fact that there's still people who are holding out on that. And like, that's where I get stuck though. Cause I don't know. I just don't have any, any good ideas on like what we do with all these people. <laughs> like I, you know, it's like, I do think that like you can reward good behavior. Like you can make that into a thing, you know, but like, are you now going over and what does that look like? And how do we, you know, I don't know. It's difficult like to, to deal with the symptoms of that. Like it, it's so difficult to, uh, to try and fix, oh, these people won't get vaccinated now uh, after they've been fed disinformation. Uh, they've been had their, you know, I, they've been ideologically warped. They have no material analysis of their uh, reality. Like these are, these are people who have been bribed by an imperial system and brainwashed by a white supremacist settler nation. Like it's, you can't just like give them 500 bucks to get a vaccine that they think is going to, you know, kill them. It's, right. it's like, I, it, it would be great if things were that easy, you know, like, uh, right. but there's well, so uh, many things that built up into, you know, that January 6th, you know, uh, rebellion. What are we calling that? Insurrection. Yeah, the insurrection. Like insurrection. I don't know. That's what they call it. Yeah, that's the word they're calling it. Okay. Right. Um, you're. We know you're talking about that event. <laughs> yeah, the J six. So that's that's like that's what happens when you have all those things combined, and then those are the same people that don't want to get vaccinated, and those are the same people that right. just won our council seat. So you know, right. Whatever. Well. The other problem is that the current administration isn't giving those people any reason to want to trust them and they never have. So on one end, it's like, yeah, like I agree with you, like not wanting to believe the things that the people in power are telling you. Uh, Obviously, like I think that uh, the vaccine is, something that people should get and you know that's one of the exceptions to the rule on things that the government is telling us but I understand uh why people don't trust the government and uh like right now even it's like I think I was I heard like Biden has like the lowest approval rating of any president at this this uh point in their presidency and like I don't know, like, a, it was like a record. I can't remember exactly what they said of, compared to like any of the last few presidents in like the last two decades or whatever. Um, and it's like, you know, they're, they're just, they refuse to accomplish anything because they don't want to accomplish anything. And then they just want to like blame it on the Republicans or Kristen Cinema or uh, Joe Manchin. And right. uh Really, they never wanted to do any of the things they promised in the first place. Well, that's what's like been so frustrating too, is like we were told like at the beginning of Trump's presidency, I remember people like, well, he can't do, he can't just do things like without, you know, the support of Congress or whatever. And then he comes in and he does all this fucking crazy shit. And then it's like, 
so now Joe Biden's in there and it's like, okay, well, you saw that he could just do things. So like, go do some things. And he's refusing to do that. Right. We live in a democracy. Right. It's just, it's like, it's just so frustrating. I actually have this quote. um, I have a tweet printed out on my bulletin board next to me. That's from, um, from Mariam Kaba. Um, and she says, when people in power tell you they don't actually have power, what's their case for people electing them to positions of power? And then it says in parentheses, no answers needed. But it's like, why do we keep electing people who keep saying that, oh, that I don't have the power to do that. I don't have the power to do that. But you should vote for me. It's like, because Joanne Ariola is promising that she's going to like give a hand job to every NYPD member. So, like, you know, just offer something. <laughs> so I just. <laughs> oh sorry, my wait, God. Am I gonna go? I need to hear. Misogyny? Yeah. No, I need to hear uh, Dan's Joanne Ariola voice uh, make that campaign promise. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Joanne Ariola. Um, victory speech that was given on Tuesday night. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Uh, We've got Sergeant O'Neill here. He is is indescribable. He's ineffable. He was so important to our campaign. And he went out on the corners and he arrested every young black man he could find. And he threw them away, Uh, not in bars, into the bay. Okay. That is what we need from our officers. I'll be seeing him later tonight. You know what's coming to you, Saj Nonio. Thank you very much. Everyone, we did it. <laughs> That's <was> great. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, yeah. It's like an just, impersonator. It's, I don't know. Yeah, I know. I, I, I have seen that woman speak live. We've all seen that woman speak live, and I don't remember what she sounds like, but I think that was a good approximation. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what a nightmare. Um, And that's like, that's the thing is like, I want to comfort myself too, to be like, okay, well, we had a Republican before, but like, Eric Roberts didn't do shit. And you know, Joanne Ariola is going to be like doing stuff and being showing up for shit. And that sucks. I mean, what is she going to do? Like, how is she going to make things worse than they already are? I mean, she's just going to lead the culture war charge, you know? She's going to be like, yeah. meet me at the Columbus statue, bring your guns, stuff like that. Personally, I think the worst thing is that in the communities that we live in, probably nothing's going to change. Things might get a little nicer, which is kind of the fucking problem. That was the whole reason Felicia was running. She was like, oh, I got off the subway today and there's just garbage all over the sidewalk. And it's like, that's not what it's like when I get off the subway, you know, in, right. in, in, out in Rockaway somewhere. Like, that's not what it's like. But in Ozone Park, it is like that, you right. know? Right. So, so it's going to be the same. It's going to be the same that like our immigrant communities and our uh, communities of color are going to just... It's going to be more of the same, but I yes, do. Every think vulnerable that, like, community will be attacked. Yeah, and and so. I think so. 
I don't know. At least. I'm at looking least, forward um, to the uh, the discretionary spending on shelters, not solutions or whatever the fuck that stupid thing's called. Oh. Also, I just want to say, like, times like these two makes me so mad about how many centrist Democrats and liberals wanted to blame uh, progressive voters and Bernie voters for Hillary or whatever, or for whatever time that uh, Republicans won and they wanted to blame like third party voters or left leftists. And it's like, we saw the numbers from the primary and how many Democrats came out to vote in the primary. And then we saw the numbers from the general and so many Democratic voters who were supporting probably Mike Scala in the primary either voted for Joanne Ariola or didn't come out to vote. And like, there's literally no evidence supporting that it was the Bernie bros that caused Hillary to win. And like, we have like hard statistics, hard numbers showing that it's the centrist Dems that are refusing to go blue no matter who, who are, are really the ones that are right. like, behind uh you know a, a democratic candidate losing and yet the progressives are always the ones who get blamed well they were i was reading and i don't know that much about this um about the governor's races but in new jersey a like progressive ish uh democrat got reelected in new jersey is what like this was the premise that i saw i don't i can't vouch for any of this mm -hmm. but then uh terry mcauliffe lost the uh centrist democrat or the, i guess conservative dem in virginia lost and so there's still not the um there's still not the narrative that like oh wait so this centrist dem lost in virginia but this progressive dem won or won re-election in new jersey there's not the like oh so maybe we should go more towards progressive it's like no the purists are the problem and the the you know the executive level dems who ran on defunding the police which none of them fucking did cost everybody you know it's just like i don't know it's just it, it's the net whatever narrative suits the person that's telling the story i want to drop these numbers on us so that we have them so in the primary in new york city District 32, City Council primary, there were 4,686 votes for Felicia Singh and 4,248 votes for Michael G. Scala. In the New York City Council uh, general election, there were 7,443 votes for Felicia Singh and 16,000 for Joanne Areola. So I'm not sure if you did the quick math there, but 46 and 42 is 88, right. which is well, less the, uh, than 74. So there were so, less Democratic voters for Felicia and, and, and Michael, or for Felicia in the general, in the general. only 7,400, yeah. than there were in the Democratic primary for the two candidates, right. which has not happened Quick in the question. last three election cycles and that's in that district. So for those primary numbers, uh, is that the total amount of people since it was ranked choice voting, the amount for final final votes for Felicia and the final votes for Mike Scala? Was that the total amount of Democratic votes in the primary or were there more? There were 1,337 inactive ballots. 
Okay. So that means that there were even more Democrats that came out than just who voted for Felicia and Mike Scala. Yes. Those are the the final, um, the third round of uh, rank choice, Mm -hmm. uh, which Felicia did lead every round. But I just wanted to point out the, uh, those numbers. Right. And, so, and so also, that we had them. right. Well, and also it's worth noting that in New York, we're a closed primary system. So you have to register with the party. I think it's like, it used to be like 90 days in advance of a primary. You had to register as a Democrat in order to vote in the Democratic primary. So a lot of people in New York, because the Democratic Party is so uh, prevalent, that they would rather they are registered Democrats, but then they vote Republican in general elections. Um, which, like in Alabama, when it's an open primary, so you don't have to be a member of the party. You show up. You can only vote for one party in the primary, but you show up and you say, "I want a Democratic Party va- ballot." And so it's like, it's just, we have this like arcane system that is just to meant to like, you know, keep out the riffraff or whatever. Um, and and I'm, I'm amazed because it's like the centrist Dems are very open about this. Like I, um, yeah. I don't know if you guys know who Liz Crowley is, um, but um, she ran for a borough president against Donovan Richards and in the primary and she it was like this total like Joanne Ariola in blue uh racist um I'm the white candidate don't vote for this black guy like that was her whole thing and um anyway she is her cousin is Joe Crowley who AOC uh, I was gonna say it sounded very familiar so anyway I was once a uh, an officer of a women's group around here and I got drinks with Liz Crowley and uh, she was just like, she was like, yeah, but we don't want, what if people vote who are not Democrats? And I'm like, what? Like, no, people should just be able to vote. Like you shouldn't, you don't need to register with a party. Like they believe, like centrist Dems believe that you owe the party something. Right. Not that the party owes you something. And they're very clear about that. And they're very like, they articulate it quite well. Um, and it's really dispiriting because what the fuck? No, I don't owe shit to a political party. Yeah, I <laughs> wonder how much Republican or uh, Republican meddling there would be in Democratic primaries, like how much harder it would be to get a, uh, or if it would be harder to get a progressive elected in a primary if there were a bunch of Republicans doing socialist scare tactics like they did with these ridiculous mailers. Yeah, I also wonder, like, would the numbers have been uh, that intense in terms of Joanne winning such a huge uh, margin over Felicia if people weren't getting these mailers and if that truck wasn't driving around 24-7 with, like, red scare messaging all over it? Literal flames. Like, I literally had a graphic of flames that your house is going to burn down. Like it's implied that your house is going to burn down if Felicia Singh is elected. I mean, just it's, 
I mean, and I, and, and again, shame on me. Like, oh, I thought nobody would, that's too extreme. Nobody's going to fall for that. But how I'm just the most naive newborn baby. Like Me too. I was shocked. I mean, I thought that like, I thought that it was going to be a close election. Yeah, I absolutely uh, thought so too. Yeah, I did too. But I don't know. I I was blown away by what happened, to be honest. So it's the narrative that can't emerge is uh, that she was running like the, something that I've seen a couple of times in election cycles is the narrative that um, people of color don't go out to vote. And that I think we have to like preemptively fight that narrative because it's obvious that it is centrist and moderate Democrats that skewed this election. Um, Absolutely. Like the people that Felicia brought out to vote the first time in the primary, that's her base. That is people that either are new voters or are from the communities of color that are in the Northern part of our district. Um, And they were routed by white supremacists in the South. You know, they Absolutely. refused to see a woman of color, uh, a, wom- a woman of, you know, uh, you know, I, 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 off the top of my head, I actually don't know what her descent is. I was going to say Indo-Caribbean, but I think I might actually be wrong. No, you're correct. I believe that she is um, Guyanese and Punjabi. Okay. Um, so, so they didn't want to see a woman of Indo-Caribbean and- descent lead their neighbor, lead, lead their city council district. I'm also wondering like, why did that organization put so much money into it? Like, is there a threshold that Joanne is gonna fill for like a, a veto vote? Or like, it's not like there are huge developments in Queens, I guess, I guess Long Island City is pretty popping. So like, maybe there's like, they don't want a whole democratic uh, lean in Queens because she's the last seat. I was trying trying to figure because they poured a lot of it money might, into the city council race. They're willing to do that though. Like it could even be like just uh, as Noam Chomsky talks about why we went into Vietnam, the threat of a good example. You know, like they don't want to mm. see progressive right. candidates uh, going in and winning against because even like a lot of those billionaires think that they can control the Republican candidate and they can control the party Democrat candidate, but they can't control the outsider candidates, the progressive candidates. Absolutely. And then it's like, yeah. like when AOC won, it, um, it encouraged a lot of other people to run progressive campaigns and wins. So I feel like we've seen them come down hard in this, um, in this race, uh, uh what's the one in uh cleveland um um nina her turner. name is slipping me nina turner's campaign they put a lot of money into that uh and then there was another one that i was thinking of too um, um oh the, india in buffalo yeah india walton and the ridiculous yes. write-in campaign for byron Disgusting. brown it's fucking yeah. they tried so much harder in buffalo than they did in virginia right. And it's such a, like, it's just such a, it's like just so in your face subversion of democracy, of just the basic tenets of democracy. Um, And it's so, I, yeah. The governor, the gubernatorial race in Virginia, the Republican is like one of the, uh, 
he's like a CEO or, or some kind of, he's on like the, the chair, he's the chair of the board or he's on the board of directors of a, uh, a company that laid off like a hundred thousand people in Virginia, but the Democrats couldn't attack him on it because the democratic candidate is one of their main investors. Of course. And that's the, the entire... democratic party. <laughs> yeah. The entire is. like campaign, uh, the the entire the Democrats' entire strategy in Virginia was just point out how bad Trump is. Holy shit! And the the funny thing is, is that like uh, all of the places that rejected Trump and didn't vote for Trump still all voted more Republican in this race for for governor. <laughs> so yeah, they, they supposedly ran. sent out mailers like attaching the Republican candidate to Trump and they, and they, I guess they don't have party affiliation. Like, like in New York, you get a list of Democrats, right? Like you, you can find that information. It's publicly available information in Virginia. You're not registered with the party. So they just sent these to voters. So it's like somebody who was not engaged, but who has these like white grievance politics is like, Oh, cool. He's a Trump guy. Okay. I'll get out for him. They were those mailers. Off. <laughs> <sighs> you can't. <laughs> That's the, the the Virginia way. Yeah, those mailers were like, and it was you know Republican Trump mailers are fucking obnoxious. Like Joanne Ariola's mailers were obnoxious, and this Democratic mailer for the Republican candidate and they just had him and Trump next to each other. Like, you know, Donald J. Trump saying nice things about this guy. It's his endorsement. It's all very civil. It looks like a sane Republican endorsement mailer. It doesn't look like they're trying to be like, look, this is bad. It doesn't say that anywhere. It they doesn't didn't put like flames normal, on it. Like yeah, no red flames. No like right. no uh <laughs> no Moscow like this things. is bad. This yeah, is exactly. Bad no distinct like boys with Trump. <laughs> Holy shit. What did they think was going to happen? <laughs> yeah, for real. But uh yeah, the India Walton thing broke my heart. I can't even like I went to school out there. I thought it was in the bag. I didn't even realize there was a write-in campaign. I didn't know that was a thing that could happen. I know they tried to like overturn it with litigation after the primary. Um, it's just so gross. It's just so, so gross. And the only good thing is that some people are blaming Liz Warren. So that's fun. <laughs> Why are they Liz blaming Warren's- Liz Warren? Think that she endorsed her like three days before she lost. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I, I don't understand like how or how they were able to organize a writing campaign that actually was able to win. I that's I I haven't looked into it, but that just seems so sketch. Yeah, it's insanely sketchy. You know? I mean, they probably campaigned about it for three or three or four months with all their resources but there's so so many people who like don't follow that stuff and they just like click down the party uh line on their ballot yeah Yeah. i can only imagine the fucking tv ads 
Yeah, I'd be interested to hear more from somebody who was uh, on her campaign or on the grounds there about what went down. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot yeah, of- Yeah, I don't know. Cause that's like, when I heard about that that was what the Byron Brown campaign was doing, I'm like, oh, this is like, this is pathetic. Like that's not gonna work out, you know? And it, it actually like, is pathetic, but- I just sadly. feel like this this election, this like, this past Tuesday has just made me feel like, I feel like I'm pretty savvy. I feel like I like understand certain things and I just feel like a newborn baby. Like everything is shocking. And I'm just like, I can't believe that this happened in this way. Like it just doesn't, it goes against everything I thought I understood and knew. Yeah, I've been feeling depressed and really defeated uh, and really, like, afraid for the future because it just seems like things are only getting worse and I don't really see that the glimmer of hope or the way out. Uh, And then alternating between that and, like, fantasizing between, like, moving to New Zealand or Canada yeah no i i mean that's like first we escaped to brooklyn and then we escaped to canada yeah (laughs) first stop brooklyn second stop toronto toronto's a very cool city by the way um i've been to canada so many times i love that country yeah um but yeah it's just yeah i don't know i mean like i feel like i have to just keep reminding myself like we have we have no choice but to fight it like there I have a five-year-old like there is no I have I just have to fight it and like I don't know what those ways are like that's something that I've just really been thinking about like getting licensed to teach is like it just doesn't feel like enough because it's like, it's still going to be this like shitty segregated system that I do think is getting better. I do think that New York city schools are getting better, but like now I'm just going to be a part of that. I'm just going to be a cog in that machine to get a teaching license. But then it's like, what's my other option? Like I don't get involved. Like, I don't know. I just, it just feels so like, I don't know. Insurmountable. I think, I think that, like, you becoming a teacher is, like, really great because then you can become involved in the teachers' union. And I think that, you know, all of these electoral failures just show the limits of what uh, we can accomplish with uh, radicals organizing in uh, the electoral process. And ultimately, it's like, we're never going to win if we're just focusing on organizing an electoral process because it's like a system that's completely set against us and the only way to really build power is you know organizing in our communities building workers power organizing tenants unions and like you know uh spreading mass education uh and i don't know i feel like i just kind of want to take a break from investing myself or my feelings and some electoral races for a while 
Yeah, no, I'm I'm done for a bit because I was done. I was done after Tiffany Caban had her election stolen from her, and it was 100% stolen. And even the centrists who you know want don't like Tiffany Caban, they still have to admit that there were absentee ballots that they would not allow to be opened. So we don't know. And she lost by 66 votes. Some bullshit. Um, but uh, anyway, like after that, I was like, nope, I'm done. I just don't see, this is such a fucking dead end. And then it was like an actual fascist ran, a fascist campaign. And we had this lovely progressive to get behind and I was back in and now I just, I can't, my heart can't take it. Yeah. If there's one thing that uh, liberals hate more than fascists, it's uh, socialists, yeah. you know, and it really true. like, it shows where they're at. And that's, I think we just have to stop investing in, in, uh, in means of change that have no, uh, that are dead ends. Like you said, you know, like, uh, and investing ourselves in, in, in think like, like if you're invested in your, in your job at, as a, as a teacher and getting, getting your license, if that's going to better your life, that's a good thing. You know, if it's going to enable you to raise your family and, and support your, you know, your daughter and, and your, yourself and your family, that's a good thing. Um, but don't, you know, think that it's going to, you're going to be able to change that place you know, don't invest your right. your self worth in that, and definitely don't think that it's going to change the state of, you know, the global imperialist system. You know, there's right. only so there's only so much we can do um, from one particular standpoint, and uh, a lot of us were, you know, uh, what is it? Many ants together strong, many apes together strong. Um, <laughs> so, like, it, it, I think it's really about like divesting emotional energy from situations that aren't going to break us free uh from the imperialist system and right. and it's like discovering how we are investing in those uh this wouldn't be a good podcast without some sirens great person yeah. said. You know you're um, <laughs> yeah um you know it's it, it personally i've spent some time like discovering my own uh kind of pathology of like what's going to change the world or what's going to change uh, my local governance or what's going to change the state or the country. Um, and I'm still working on it and, you know, kind of, but that's why I, I like, you know, you were, you were talking about your, your, my favorite Bethany quote is just every time that you're like, what is to be done? Just, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I made that up. I made that yeah, phrase you up. Made that up. Have, have yeah. you read what is to be done yet? I have not read what is to be done, okay. <laughs> but so, I'm always so read what is to be done. To be done. <laughs> Megan got halfway through left-wing communism and decided that it was bullshit and she hates Lenin forever. I understand. I just don't feel like I need to read Lenin. There's like a lot of people who have been influenced by his ideas and other people's ideas. And there's like updated things you can read about organizing and communism that aren't Lenin. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, it's awesome. oh but you I actually... wanted to make I'm not I'm not caping for Lenin. 
Uh, Megan, you actually said Hi. earlier, um, you know, working in mass organizations, and you, you sounded like a Leninist. So, I mean, it's you don't need to read Lenin. I'm totally fucking with you. You're <laughs> a very well-educated well, uh, Marxist, so it's totally fine. I wanted to say also on the topic of electoral things is like, as long as I've been involved in left-wing organizing and politics, and at this point, it's been like 15 years or 16 years or so, there are always progressives who want to uh, focus and throw all of their energy into electoral work. And that has never changed in the time I have been involved. And you know what? I think it's great. I think it's great that we have progressives that are working in the electoral process. Like, I think that it's great that AOC got elected. I think that the Bernie campaign helped bring a lot of people uh, to the left and activate a lot of young people. And I think that it's uh, moving forward uh, that it's going to be like one small portion of a greater like revolutionary strategy. But I don't think any of us need to feel guilty for not wanting to put our effort into that sphere and you know, like there's always going to be people that are organizing there and there's not all, as many right. people that are doing union organizing and tendency organizing. And I think that's like how we actually build power. So that's more important for us right. as Right. Well, and I think that that is more, um, that's kind of murkier and that is less, at least like, I get why people gravitate towards electoral strategies because it has, there's a structure there. Like there's a necessary structure that you have to follow. Um, and then it has a clear beginning and end. And there's a point at which it's either victory or loss. And, you know, it's like, whereas union organizing is not like that. It's like, it's always it's always moving, it's always in flux and, and it's very rare, which actually right now there's a lot of strikes going on, but like, mm -hmm. it's rare that you're going to result in a strike or, you know, previously, I guess it was rare that, that it would end up in a strike. And like that, everything that goes into that is like, you don't know, you don't know what the end point is. There's not a like, Whereas electoral stuff is like, there's an endpoint. There just is. There's an election date and then there's an inauguration date and that's that's already set. So it's going to be one or the other before you get there. So it's just like, I get why people gravitate towards that. I really and do. And it's familiar. But, right. And it's acceptable. I think it's also like socially um, socially acceptable, even if it is a candidate that like someone has branded as like socialist, it's still like, okay, but she's still, she's doing a legitimate campaign. It's legitimated by uh, just our social interactions. The West that, Wing. Like, we recognize, yeah. But like we recognize that like electoral politics are legitimate. What is that shithead's name that directed that show? He didn't direct it, he wrote it. Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin, thank you. <laughs> and he has done, he did a, um, there's something the Chicago like the 52 worst. or whatever. The newsroom? Chicago, no, okay, hold on. Let me just see what 
there's something that is like, I just, I read it and I just, my stomach turned that he's got something going on right now. Um, oh God. Is it like a Black Lives Matter rom-com or some shit? No, but it's some... Bullshit. Uh, it, it's going to come to me later and I'm going to, we'll have to talk about it at some point when it does come to me. Well, let's, but, let's switch our, our, our gears. To our pop culture. Since we're already talking about like, Alan Soy Boy Sorkin. <laughs> and wasn't his Chicago 7 the one that was, it was with Sasha Baron Cohen? And was it the one that was like self-aware enough to have Bobby Seale say anybody that says it's the Chicago 7 is a racist? Uh, I believe so, yeah. I think so. Yeah. But still, he called it Chicago 7. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, well, there was also learning, another movie. You know, he's aware. He there was another aware. movie called Chicago 9 that came out a few years ago. So I don't know if it was like, oh, like, we don't want to have the same name. And that's what they were calling it. I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not trying to defend him. I hate him. Sucks. Yeah. Oh, he's doing the uh, Lucy and Desi movie, the being the Ricardos. Now, like, I love Lucy. Um, Who are those actors? You probably have it up. Was it Jar Javier Bardem? Javier Bardem and um, and Nicole Emma Stone. Kidman. Oh, Nicole Kidman. Yes. I mean, she's in everything nowadays. In everything right now. She must have ran she's out of money. She's in everything. And she is a great actress, but as Lucille Ball, what? That just, like, she, it just casting is an issue because I, there, so Kristen Stewart just played um, Princess Diana. And what? I think that Kristen Stewart is also no. a great, yes. See, um, it really bothered me because growing up, everyone used to tell tell my mom that she looked like Princess Diana, and my mom like actually did look like Princess Diana, and people would always tell her that. And like one of like Princess Diana, and Princess Diana was a beautiful woman, and like one of her most like notable facial facial features is her nose, and like Kristen Stewart's nose looks nothing like. Princess Di's nose. Kristen Stewart has this tiny little sloped nose, like, and like, it just really annoyed me. <laughs> yeah, it's no, it's total bullshit. It's like, but they they just do this like, it's they're just sorting people into like, oh, we've got this role. It doesn't matter if you're like good for the role. You've got a big name, but like Nicole Kidman as Lucy is just if it's offensive to me. Like I just, did, did and I see? like Nicole Kidman just fine. I like Nicole Kidman just did, fine, but not for that role. Did you see Spencer? No, I didn't. Yeah, I haven't seen uh, that. So like, I'm not saying that Kristen Stewart can't act the role right. It's just like, come on, pick someone that at least like, you know, bears some more resemblance to the character. Well, but it does matter when it's a famous it's like a, a world-famous face. It does matter of, like, someone resembling them if they have a famous, like, a face that we know. If it's, like, you know, random people that did something noticeable, notable, but, like, you don't, you don't know what they look like necessarily. Like Joey Ramon? But, like, 
yeah, somebody could play Joey Ramone easily. You just have to do the hair because it was Pete all Davidson hair. is playing Joey Ramone. Is he really? Yeah. I like that. I, I can't get They I don't have the that. lips. That is the first. Pete Davidson is playing Joey Ramone? I think they already shot it. You get all up in my face about Princess Diamond. I support Die that. Just like tall, skinny guys. And yeah, with big know, lips. Joey Ramone Joey. was mostly hair and and glasses. Yeah, yeah, but did Joey uh, Ramone date Kim Kardashian? Really thought you were gonna say we don't Joey know that he didn't. We don't, we don't know. know it, that would be very racy because she was a child. She was like a child. Yeah, mm, not okay. Okay, not sorry. Okay. I I I apologize to the ghost of Joey Ramone. I did not mean to. P- my favorite direction. my favorite current theory uh from twitter is that uh travis machine gun kelly and pete davidson are like manic pixie dream girls but <laughs> for girls yeah by the way did you guys know that uh caitlin jenner is on big brother celebrity australia right now with amarosa no oh. God, really? Yeah, How do we I really want to watch this? it. Wow, I just I'm found out about it the out. other day because I just found out about it the other day because there was some news story and it was like, oh, like Caitlyn Jenner thinks that OJ did it. And I was like, oh, I clicked on it. And it was like about a conversation that Caitlyn Jenner was having in the Big Brother celebrity Australian <laughs> house <laughs> with, well, her, with her housemates. If anyone and I was like, know. oh my God, this is good. Wow. If anyone would know whether OJ did it or not, like Caitlyn Jenner is pretty close to the, uh, no way. No way. I would definitely talk shit. Is, are they still married to Chris? No, I doubt it. Definitely, definitely talk shit about my ex's ex. Wait, Oh, it looks like Amarosa already got evicted. Chris was with OJ's lawyer. That's the whole thing. No, I know that. Yeah. So, like, oh yeah. Chris's ex-husband OJ. totally defended a guilty man. That's something I would definitely do. Throw the shade. So, Go for so it. The only other, I'm, I'm looking at the rest of the cast for this season, and it looks like Amarosa already got evicted, and I don't recognize any of the other people. They're all like uh, celebrity, whatever, like Australian Survivor contestant, but. I do recognize one person, and that is it's uh, Thomas Markle Jr., Meghan Markle's brother. Wow. Oh, God. <laughs> is she on speaking terms with her brother, or is he, like... I doubt it. Why not? They didn't dad fucking is, bail from her, her family. Um, her dad is, like, the messy one, where he was, like, going to the press and saying that, like... I mean, I, I am agnostic on uh, Meghan Markle and Harry. Um, I mean, I think she definitely faced lots of racism from the royal family, but also, like, I don't know what we expect from these, you know, inbred white supremacists who are literally supreme. Um, your, your language is hysterical. You're agnostic to these <laughs> supreme beings but yet it's the north koreans that worship their leaders right yes, right 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 right. but that's like 
they like yeah what do we expect oh okay well prince philip said something racist like what is it a monday like come on that's it's not a monday today it's friday but you know prince so speaking philip of was racist. openly saying very racist things oh yes so speaking of racist things uh can pakistani men get jacked I have heard that if you do, if you don't, if you point it out, if you notice that a Pakistani man has uh, bulked up beyond what would be natural, um, that that is racism. So interesting. That's what I've heard. And do you know where I heard this from? The New York Post. So oh yeah, they're not yeah. historically anti-racist. New York Post, of course. You know they know so how to call it out. I. I missed this, but judging by context clues, people are saying that anyone who is accusing him of uh, using steroids are racist. Yes. Yes. And the, then the line of argument. So if you pointed out that Kumail Nanjiani uh, clearly used steroids, which is clear, like I'm not, in, it's not an insult. It's like, it's You're clear. an actor, dude. It's, you're an actor and you went you from seven months to turn into a superhero. A regular sized dude to being a humongous dude. Like he got a little help. You didn't just eat like chicken and chicken rice and broccoli or whatever. That chicken didn't and broccoli. There's yeah. and I mean I think it's actually racist to imply that uh the criticism is based on race. It's like, actually, the criticism is based on age. Like a 40-year-old yeah. man cannot turn into a 42-year-old man that looks like Kumail. Like That's not how also, physiology works. It has nothing to do with his ethnic background. It has never had anything to do right. with his ethnic ba well, background. I mean, and to make it about his ethnic background is, uh, what is it, uh, racially reductionist right yeah i mean i guess so i think that the line of reasoning that i saw was that if you didn't point it out about the white guys and then it lists white guys who clearly did steroids also and if you looked at a picture of them with their shirt off you would say yeah dude did steroids <laughs> like i don't was that was that list in the new york post yes it was chris evans for captain america uh Chris Pratt and then the um Hemsworth. I'm not sure I agree with Chris Evans. Well, oh, so uh, in some scenes, in his in his shirtless scenes, for sure. I mean I like mean, the cut, the cut. The, yeah. Everyone does steroids, like it's very common. Like I I don't know, I feel like after like seeing that documentary Icarus about like the Russian doping scandal. It's like, and see like how easy it is for like athletes to get like the right mixture that doesn't show up. Like, I just feel like it's a very widespread thing and that I've just accepted oh, that. I mean, the actors don't of, get tested. So it's, it's like. They don't cares? even have to worry about that. Right, yeah. there's no sporting rules that they have to follow. The only, the, like, the only reason that I doubt Chris Evans is because the first time I ever saw him on screen, 
was a nude scene in not a teenage movie. What was that? Not another teen movie. And he was right. shredded. He was, you know, a, a very lean dude. He's always been right. lean and muscular. That's just his body type. It's been that since he was 19 or whatever, however old he was in that movie. And then he kind of got huskier in Fantastic Four. He wasn't nearly as shredded. And then he's sort of maintained that. And he's just been kind of big. I don't remember any shirtless scenes that are overly sus, but I mean, hey, prove me wrong. I don't know. Okay, I'll send you this one. This one seems very sus to me. Look, there's so a whole round the one that are who are the people that are leading the charge? Is it like a Twitter thing or is it like particular people that are like saying this is racist? No, as it was far just as one I could tell, it's just... it was a quote in the New York Post. So it's unreliable. Um but I just thought it, I just think it's really funny because I was looking up because I know that like people on Twitter also are like ready to defend Kumail to the death. And like he's like, I don't know. I've thought he was funny and some things like he's fine, um, but I'm not going to take up a sword um, to defend his honor I feel, against. Well, I feel like it's not. Rare. I feel like it's not necessarily like a criticism to point out that someone's using steroids. It's more just like, you know, an observation. And I like him and I liked I, his movie that he had about his wife, uh, have, how he like met his wife and she had like an illness or whatever. I think that sick. was really good. Yeah, that was a good movie. Yeah. yeah. And I think he's a talented actor and I think he probably also used steroids and that's okay. Like it's not a big deal. I understand why you would want to use steroids to get in shape for a movie where like most of the other male cast all use steroids to look a certain way that you're supposed to look for a movie. Sure. Like I get Botox, like cancel me. (laughs) Canceled. You're done. I got to say out of all these photos, I'm going to go with number two is the most sus. Where he's emerging from the whatever that is. I don't know. I haven't seen. No, the one directly after that, where he's talking to his future wife. Okay. Hold on. Dang it. Um, Well, now I can't find it. But Um, even, even that. I think that's well within the realm. I think those abs and the size of his arms and chest and pecs is sus. Now, now I feel like I'm just being problematic because I'm but analyzing this far too deeply. What I would say is look how the belt squeezes. Like he has a fucking muffin top. That is not a muffin top. The man's got a muffin top. No, that is not. I'm a just body saying, shaming Chris Evans. I'm body shaming the fuck out of him for his own good. Uh, yeah, I know. This, now I just feel weird. I feel like I'm being extremely toxic right now. <laughs> no, if 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 he was going for the ridiculous cut that you find, uh, first of all, he he has one. What just happened? He's got one. Do we lose somebody? No. Okay. Um, he's got the vein in his arm, which is you know always a 
an eyebrow razor, but yeah, I don't, I don't see that as too problematic. Uh, it's possible. I mean, it's not nearly as bad as his co-star Thor. But um, yeah, or Kumail, no, like Kumail is off over the over the top. Yeah, no, I agree. That's the other thing is why I feel like people particularly focus on Kumail is that the transformation was just so vast, like you know. Yeah, absolutely. Right. He was not like a buff dude before. He yeah. was right. like a regular size. It was so guy. dramatic is the word I was looking for. Yeah, and he's he's an older guy. He was 42 years old now. Chris Evans is still only 34 or 35 years old. Like it's still within the realm of possibility that when he played that role, he was 27, 28. That's still you can still put on muscle and attain a, a body that looks like that. He may have used extra help, but it's within the realm of possibility. Right. Well, he was not the the first example I thought of. I thought of the Hemsworth guy, huge Jackman, huge, <laughs> huge. Jackman. Um, I I think that he's the example because he only got more and more like crazily cut over time as he aged. Right. And of course, Dwayne The Rock Johnson and of course, our old uh, high school musical buddy, Zac Efron. You know, there's a bunch of examples of people that obviously use steroids for their roles. Um, so they're all, you know, they can be white, they can be Samoan, they can be whatever they want to be. But what they can't steroids be is 45. Yeah, no. Steroids do Anyone not discriminate. Anyone can use steroids to get buffed. And time comes for us all. You can't fight the natural degradation of the body as time goes on. And that's what the biggest problem is with Kumail. Kumail is 42 years old and he is put on 50 pounds of muscle at 7% body weight. That's not physically possible without assistance <laughs> under the counter assistance. <laughs> He didn't get that yeah. with chicken and broccoli, bro. No, no, he didn't. And, you know, like, I don't know. I just, I also think that it's like one of those things where like men's health, it's such like toxic, uh, toxic false advertising of like, oh, you could get this way too. Yep. I think the, the other thing about the Eternals that we have to talk about is the ridiculous retconning of history because now a gay black man was responsible for uh, Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Wait, what? How? Hey, okay, you're gonna have to explain this. So this is my take on the Eternals. I'll just give it really quickly, is that yeah. it is, has the most appealing cast of any movie ever, and it is the most unappealing movie I've ever seen in previews. <laughs> so they've squandered it. It's, I don't yeah. really know what to think about it. I kind of want to see it because I like Chloe Zhao as a director. Um, and I like a lot of the cast that's in it. But I am just so removed from the Marvel universe that I don't really know. I don't really like, I don't know, comic book movies were never my thing. The, the funniest 
I mean, yeah, the thing that, that this movie has to deal with is something that's been a problem with comic books for the longest time and superheroes in general. It's how does, how have actually evil things happened to humanity while there are these eternal, superhumanly good and powerful characters? Like how can, um, how could an eternal, as we go to the Eternals, how could someone who's lived forever have overseen Nero burning Rome or the Atlantic slave trade or the Holocaust or the dropping of the bomb of the atomic bomb? Like how could those things have happened if there are eternal defenders of humanity? And so this particular movie decides to tackle that one. Or climate <laughs> change. No, no, no. Like you think that like, yeah. You think at the very least that that's the one they would step in on, like the one that's like actually going to make humanity extinct. Yeah, no, no, can't take that on. Mm -mm. I'm not going (laughs) to deal with that. No. You probably just So what do they say? uh, Well, you have to, so the first thing that they say is that they're only there, their one job is to, uh, defeat one specific type of enemy that's very powerful or something and they haven't revealed themselves so they're kind of like computers that were in sleep mode that's that's what marvel went with but i haven't seen the movie so i don't know exactly how they retconned a lot of stuff i'm excited to find out though but that's the most intriguing part right that does sound intriguing but i don't i haven't gotten that from any of the previews all i've gotten is that like we've got this incredible cast and we're not going to tell you anything about the story. And our CG doesn't really even look that good. And it's like, I don't, I don't know. Cause I love like, like um, the guy who plays uh, Rob Stark. Um, I don't know what character he is, but I find him extraordinarily appealing. Um, and uh, John Madden? Snow. Rob Madden. Richard Madden. Richard Madden. And uh, and Kit Harrington, who played Jon Snow, Angelina Jolie, uh, Salma Hayek. It's like, yeah, it's. I like, really like that. Just has, cast. I like that Kit Harrington just plays like a dude. They got Jon Snow and Rob oh, Stark, but they're yeah. like, yeah, but make Jon Snow <laughs> just a dude, <laughs> just a guy yeah, on the street know. going, whoa. <laughs> Um, well, should we wrap it up on that note? Oh, yeah. And uh, we can talk about what a massive piece of shit Chris Pratt is at a later date, because he'll still be a massive piece of shit then. Oh, he's just going to continue being a piece of shit, because it's just yeah. him and J.D. Vance. He's married gonna... to Arnold Schwarzenegger's daughter now. And he has a, a gorgeous, healthy daughter. I hate that man, so... Such a monster. I'm out of the loop. I can't wait to hear more. Chris Pratt has a disabled son with Anna Faris who did he Okay, uh, I'll I'll sum it up real quick. So he posted for, I guess, for his wife, (laughs) Catherine Schwarzenegger's birthday, this post this Mm -hmm. picture of her like ogle like uh, doing goo-goo eyes at him. And he's like, get you a woman who who looks at you the way I do. But the real controversial part was that he gives her all these compliments and he says and she had um and she gave me a healthy daughter um, a beautiful healthy daughter 
And it's like very, because Anna Ferris has talked about it publicly a lot. They, their son, her son with Chris Pratt has multiple disabilities and was born with disabilities. So this fucker is just like insulting his own child and just, he sucks. And he's like this weird evangelical Christian and just, he's an asshole. He sucks. What the fuck? Also yeah, a steroid user. Yes, also definitely a steroid user. But that's not what makes him shitty. Because good people can still use steroids. It's okay. Oh, yeah. Don't lie about it. In all How old is his son? Uh, eight or nine. Oh, my God. But it was, like, totally a, like, shitty, shady thing to say. And he sucks and we don't like him. I didn't even know he was married to Anna Ferris. Were they married? Yes. They were together for a long time too. It was like and he and he cheated on her with Arnold Schwarzenegger's daughter, who I guess is like a weird fundamentalist Christian, and uh, that's what they're doing. So I don't know. But anyway, yeah. Can we we should wrap it up though? Keep it in Christ. All right, y'all. Because of that. Um, Megan, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we look forward to having yeah, thanks you for having again. Me. Thank you so much, Megan. We really appreciate you being on and um, for your perspectives. And you never have to read Lennon, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, Bethany. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I, I read it All to right. her while she sleeps. She has no idea. Right. <laughs> Put it under the pillow. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Well, y'all have a wonderful evening and um, we'll talk soon. All right. Catch you later, Bethany. Bye. I want to overthrow the government. Or at least the bad part. Remember when you thought the whole world would collapse at your feet? Well, it turns out the whole world will collapse, but that's the result of a costly mistake. Human trash everywhere. Tastes like excessive plastic. Man, it's a hot one. And everything is on fire. Let's see what chaos visited humanity today while I walked on a wire. The climate changed and I left it on red. The bees died off and I left it on red. They don't recycle your Sprite bottles anymore. Don't need a weatherman to know. Standing on an X. The X where you'll watch the sunset on mankind. Exploded SpaghettiOs on the microwave window of the sky. Life itself is a pre existing condition, an original composition, a limited edition, an invitation to return to the destination. Let's see what chaos visited humanity today while I was on vacation. The climate changed and I left it on red. The bees died off and I left it on red They don't recycle your Sprite bottles anymore Don't need a weatherman to know Nation
stations collapsed and I left it on red. Peak oil and gas and I left it on red. They don't recycle your Zola bottles.